You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. Listen, it's Thursday. I'm so glad to have you with us. Listen, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be wonderful. It is Thursday. I'm so glad that you're with us. Please tag a friend, call somebody, let them know it's Thursday, and the How to Win podcast is on. Listen, we've been talking about dating intelligence, and I was certain that this series would be over by now. This is lesson number nine. The first five lessons of the series, we were talking about biblical versus worldly dating habits, biblical versus worldly dating habits. In lesson six and lesson seven, we talked about finding the right life partner. And then I thought the series was over, but the Spirit of God shifted me again to begin to talk about loneliness. So we began to teach from the subtopic, fighting the good faith against loneliness, fighting the good faith, a good the good fight against loneliness. This is part two of this series. First Timothy chapter six verse twelve says, "Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith." So we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith against loneliness, against loneliness. Last lesson, we dealt with part one. Today, we're going to look at part two. And since I'm not going to finish today, we'll end up having a third part. But let's go back to part one. We were talking about loneliness. What is loneliness? And I want to go back to the four definitions that I gave about loneliness. We said that loneliness is a state of sadness resulting from feeling isolated or cut off from others. Secondly, we said that loneliness is an emotional or spiritual state in which you don't feel you have anyone who care about you. Thirdly, we said that loneliness is a depressing feeling when you crave a deep connection with someone, but you don't have it. And then finally, we said that loneliness is a feeling of dissatisfaction with the amount and nature of your present relationship. You're dissatisfied with the quantity and the quality of your present relationships. And then we talked about Joseph and things that are associated with loneliness. Loneliness stems from several things. And we went through a list and we don't have time to go through that list again. But we concluded uh, lesson eight with how to overcome loneliness. And we said that there are four keys. Avoid counterfeit solutions, number one. 
thought management, number two, serving others, number three, and intimacy with God, number four. Well, we spent the balance of lesson eight talking about avoiding counterfeit solutions. I want you to go back and I want you to listen to what we said in lesson eight about those counterfeit solutions. But then today we want to look at thought management. And again, I thought that I could just kind of run through this, hit the other two areas, and then we will be finished with the series. But when I got into the thought management in terms of overcoming loneliness, the Spirit of God slowed me down. And I knew when he slowed me down that he wanted to minister to you. I know that some of you are dealing with loneliness, and that's why the Spirit of God shifted me, because he wanted to give you assistance. So let's talk about thought management today as it relates to overcoming loneliness, controlling our thoughts. Luke chapter 21, verse 19 in the King James Version says, In your patience possess ye your souls. In your patience. Now, some of you want to be married. And I believe that that's a word for you. In your patience your waiting, your constancy, the scripture says, possess your soul, control your thinking. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five is another background text for this part of our series. The King James Version says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is a profound text. Let's look at it again. It says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations, imaginations. These are mental pictures that we, along with Satan's input, allow us or causes us to see images or pictures that are against God's plan for our lives. Imaginations, images, mental pictures, thoughts can create mental pictures. And these mental pictures are contrary to or contradict God's plan for our lives. It says, cast down every high thing, high thing. High things are proud opinions, proud opinions. God says one thing, but we have a proud opinion that contradicts what God says. So with a cast down imaginations, with a cast down high things, and then it says we're to bring into captivity thoughts, every thought. These are rebellious thoughts. 
that lead us away from and rob us of God's best. Bring every rebellious thought into captivity of Christ. Now, I got several uh, points along the way that we want to look at it. Here's the first point. Lonely feelings arise from within and grow with negative thought patterns and negative speech. I'll say that again. Lonely feelings arise from within and grows with negative thought patterns and negative speech. So if we're going to control or overcome loneliness, then we have to understand that our lonely feelings arise from within. There's some work we have to do within. There's no one outside of us, no relationship, no person. And I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about an individual person. I'm talking about people. No one outside of us, addition or subtraction, can help us to overcome loneliness because lonely feelings arise from within. So we got to do some work within ourselves. They arise, lonely feelings arise from within, but grow with negative thought patterns and negative speech. So notice thought, lonely feelings arise from within but grows. These lonely feelings grow. They grow through negative thought patterns, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, negative thought patterns, and they grow through negative speech. You see, the out of the abundance of the heart, the inside, our mouth speaks. We usually say what we are thinking Now, listen at this. To overcome loneliness, we must evaluate our thinking. When we are lonely, we have these feelings of loneliness. We must evaluate what we are thinking. In other words, we must think about what we're thinking. We must think about what we are saying, and I want to help you in this lesson to think about what you're thinking, to think about what you're saying. Now, here's here's a final thought that I want to give you before we get into these thoughts. Your thinking creates your emotions. You're dealing with loneliness. Your Thinking creates your emotions. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in, so is he in his experience. We live out our thinking. We experience our thinking. Our thoughts are important. That's why we must control our thoughts if we're going to overcome loneliness. 
Now, let's look at some thoughts. Let's look at some general thoughts because we have to think about what we're thinking. Think about what we're thinking. So I want to throw some general thoughts out at you and then I'm going to give you some specific thoughts. No one, here's a thought, no one truly cares about me or like me. No one truly cares about me. Now, as I give you these thoughts, these are things that either you're thinking and saying or things that you're thinking internally. And often we speak to ourselves. We're speaking to ourselves and eventually what we're thinking in will come out. No one truly cares about me or like me. Here's another thought. I'm an inconvenience, and sometimes senior adults, especially after they enter that retirement stage, they think, some think thoughts like this. I'm an inconvenience. Here's another thought. I just don't feel like being around people. It's amazing how people can think certain things but want something different. I just don't want feel like being around other people. Here's another thought. I'm a loner. I am a loner, and I'm used to being by myself. Here's another thought. I'm an introvert. I am an introvert. Here's a thought. I don't want to risk embarrassment. I don't want to risk embarrassment. In other words, I'm safer just hanging out with myself. Listen at this thought. I don't want to be rejected. She will probably say no. He will probably say no. Just a thought. Here's a thought. I'm a boring person. You would think most folk wouldn't think these things or say these things, but people think these things all the time. Some people. I like working by myself. I like working by myself. I don't really need anyone. I don't really need anyone to be happy. I can be happy all by myself. Here's the thought. There's really no answer. There's really no solution. I'm I'm bored, I'm lonely, but there's no escape. Here's a thought, I'm all by myself. I am all by myself. Those are just some general thoughts. Now, let's get into relationship and let's, let's, let's listen to ourselves. We have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to think about what we're saying. Let's talk about some thoughts and then we're going to come back and evaluate some of these thoughts. Let's think about thoughts as it relates to relationships, thoughts as it relates to dating, thoughts as it relates to marriage. These are thoughts, and every thought that I'm sharing with you now would come under the heading of an idle thought, an idle word. Jesus says, by our words we'll be justified, by our words we'll be condemned. In Matthew chapter 12, he said, every idle thought, every idle word that a man speaks, he's going to be justified by it. So listen at these thoughts. There are no good men 
No good men, no men, good men that are available. Some women say that. Listen at some, what men say. Some men say, women just want to control you. That's what a woman want to do. She wants to control you. Listen at what some females say. All men want is sex. That's all they want is sex. Listen, guys, I don't want a woman telling me what to do. I don't want a woman telling me what to do. Here's a thought that some women think and say. Men are intimidated by educated and successful women. Men are intimidated by successful women and educated women. Listen, some men say this. Trying to find a good woman is so hard. There are no really, really good women out there. Listen at this statement. You're going to have to fill in the blanks. Most blank men are either in jail or gay, or they want to marry blank women. Oh, I said that again. Most blank men are either in jail or gay, or they want to marry blank men. Here's what some guys think and say. Women are just bossy. They just bossy. Listen at what some men and women say. I, 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 I'm just me. I'm just me. I'm going to be me. And whoever wants me have to take me the way I am. Listen at this. Have you ever thought this or said this? I'll probably be single all my life. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. I tried marriage. It doesn't work for me. I tried marriage. It doesn't work for me. It's better for me to stay single. It's better for me to stay single. I don't want to go through what I went through again. It's better for me to stay single. I don't want to go through what I went through again. I don't trust men. I don't trust men. I don't trust women. I don't, I got burnt once. I don't trust women. I will never blank. I will never blank. Dating is not for me. I don't have time to, to waste on foolishness. Dating is not for me. I don't have time to waste on foolishness. Dating is a waste of time. I always get the, I know you're talking dating, but I always get the bad ones. I always get the bad ones. No one wants to date me. No one wants to date me. Now, these are thoughts, and every last one of them that I mentioned are Idle words, non-productive thoughts, non-productive words produce no results, no results whatsoever, none whatsoever. Now listen, we have to put our thoughts to the 
scriptural test, and we have to put our thoughts to the truth text. So let's just kind of go back. Let's go back and look at from a scriptural standpoint, from a truth standpoint. Let's look at some of the things. Is it really true that no one cares about you? Is that really true? If we put that to the scriptural text, test, is that true? Is that a truth? No one really cares about me. Well, first Peter 5, 7 says we're to cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. You see, sometimes we make statements and we mean well in our hearts, but they totally contradict scripture. Now, is it true that you're all by yourself? I'm all by myself. Is it true? Well, Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus, the Spirit of God says, the Father says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, if he doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you, you're never all by yourself. Is it true that there's no way of escape? There's no way out of the loneliness that I'm dealing with. I just deal with it. I have to deal with it. Is that really true? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the light. I'm the way out of everything. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape. There's always a way out of any temptation, any test, any trial, anything that we're going through that's inconsistent with God's plan and loneliness is not a part of God's plan for our lives, your life, then there's a way out of it. But let's look at some of these other statements that we looked at a few minutes ago. I am an inconvenience. Sometimes seniors, as they age, they start saying things, nobody want to be bothered with me. I'm an inconvenience. But who told you that? Did God tell you you was an inconvenience? Let's look at this. I don't feel like being around people. I'm a loner. I'm used to being by myself. What's good about those words? I mean, what's productive? Because we're social beings. God created us as social beings. How can we be truly successful out on an island by ourselves? How can we do that when God didn't create us that way? I'm an introvert. Well, that's really a choice. People told you that early in your life, you were shy, you don't say much and all that, and you start acting out on what you heard, and now you believe it, and that's the way you are. I don't want to risk embarrassment. I don't want to be rejected. He or she will probably say no. Who says you're going to be embarrassment? Who says, and let's say you reach out to someone and they don't want a relationship with you. That says nothing about you. That says more about them. And because you have value, they're missing out on a valuable relationship. Let's look at this. I'm a boring person. That's a choice. You've chosen that. 
you can change that. Let's look at some of these things and put it to the truth test. There are no good men. Wow. Wow. There are no good men. At one time, there were at least 7 billion people on planet Earth. I don't know what it is now. But let's say 2 billion are women and a billion people at least a billion are men on planet Earth. And there, you say there are no good men. So it sounds like you have gone through one billion people and come to the conclusion that there are no good men. All women want to do is control you. I don't want a woman telling me what to do. Well, you need a woman telling you what to do. You, we need a woman telling us what to do sometimes. In fact, in Genesis 2, verse 18, the Bible says that God says, it's not good for a man to be alone. I'm going to give him a help meet, a helper suitable, a helper. God gave the woman to help us. They, they have been created by God to help us, which implies we, guys, us, we need some help. We need some help. Let's look at these thoughts. Men are intimidated by educated and successful women. Well, some men may be, but you got a billion to work with. So why should that be an issue for you? Trying to find a good woman is hard. There are no good woman. And God spent all that time in Proverbs 31 talking about the virtuous woman who can find her. If there are no good women, why in the world would God spend a, almost a whole chapter talking about the qualities of a virtuous woman if there are no good women? You see, a lot of these things that we are saying, they're undermining our faith. They're not producing courage, boldness. They're not producing confidence. These are fear-based statements. These are fear-based, no faith in any of these statements. Women are just bossy. Now, how in the world can you make a decision when there are at least 2 billion women on the planet, it's probably more than that, but 2 billion and all women are bossy. See, these, there's no truth to that. There, there's absolutely no truth to it. I'm not changing for anyone. I don't care whether you say that, whether you're a female or a male, you need to change. You need to change. None of us have reached perfection. The Bible says God changes us through his word, through his presence, and we go from glory to glory. All of us need to change, and you need to change. You need to get better. I'll probably be single all my life. Now listen, that's an imagination. That is a mental picture that you need to cast down because God in his word or in his word to you, I have, unless it's a calling, God has not told you that you're going to be single the rest of your life, especially if you have this desire for a relationship. 
the very fact that you have a desire to be married or relationship implies that it's not God's will for you to be single the rest of your life. So that tells us right away, you have an imagination and mental picture of yourself that's outside of God's plan for your life. Think about what you're thinking about. I tried marriage. It doesn't work for me. It's better for me to stay single. I don't want to go through what I went through. I tried marriage. It doesn't work for me. No, the situation you were in didn't work. No, we're not going to say marriage doesn't work because there are many people that marriage is working for. So don't say marriage doesn't work for me. That's not true. Marriage will work for you. If you have two people willing to work in the marriage, it will work for you. What you experienced was a failure or shortcoming in a marriage, but not in the marriage. Now, I don't want to go through what I went through. Who says you have to go through? The next person is not the last person. Who says you have to go through what you went through? That is an imagination. That is a high thing, a proud opinion. There's, you have no proof that you're going to go through the same thing you went through in the last marriage. You're going to hope, think you may be marrying a different person. And if you're marrying, remarrying the same person, it could be better. And if you're marrying a different person, why put that different person in the same category with the situation you had with the last person? I don't trust men. I don't trust women. But you've never been married to all men. You've never been married to all women. You've never had a relationship with all men. You never had a relation. See, that's a proud opinion. That's a generalization. That's not true. Dating is not for me. I don't have time to be wasting on foolishness. Well, don't waste it on foolishness. You don't have to stop dating to stay out of foolishness. If you see foolishness, just go in a different direction. You don't have to stop dating because you experience foolishness. See, some of these things, and the Spirit of God just slowed me down. Let's start thinking about what we're thinking. Put it to the scriptural test. Let's put it to the truth text. Is it really true, or is it a generalization? Is it an imagination? Is it a high thing, a proud opinion? Is it a rebellious thought? We have to put what we're thinking, because in some cases, our loneliness is connected to how we're thinking and what we're saying. Now, listen at this. I always get the bad ones. Well, that may be true for you. But not only has it been true for you, you're prophesying your future. That's fear-based. I always get the bad ones. Think about that. I always get the bad ones. Now, not only are you giving us an evaluation of your past experiences, 
you've got some bad ones in your dating experience or in your marriage. You've got some bad ones. But not only are you articulating your past experiences, you're prophesying your future because you say, I always get the bad ones. That's not faith, that's fear. And in the same way that faith brings the things we desire, fear released out of our mouths brings the things we don't desire. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But you are a partner in it because you're thinking it and saying it. No one wants to date me. Here again, is that really true? No one. And yet you haven't experienced every person. Now, think about this for just a moment. Think about this. So much of what we're saying totally contradicts Scripture. Totally. Totally. For example... I'll share a text with you as I close. Listen at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. Well, verse 1, it says, it is not good for a man to touch a woman. Talking about fornication there. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 7, 2. Now listen carefully at the text. 1 Corinthians 7, 2. It says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication... Let, listen to the text, every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Now listen to God. Listen to God. God says to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Why would God tell you and give you an avenue to overcome fornication, to have your own wife and have your own husband if no one was available, if nobody would want you? Why would God tell you that? God is saying that there is a husband, there is a wife, there is a companion, there is somebody for you. And he says, let every man, not some, he said, let every man who desire to be married, every man have his own wife. Let every woman who desire to be married have her own husband. That tells me that God has prepared a husband and a man that fits you. If there's no one available, no one who will want you, is no way you're going to get married or whatever, then God is lying to us. He's setting us up for failure. No, he's not setting us up for failure. We don't have a person problem. We have a faith problem. We have a vision problem. We have an imagination, a mental picture of our lives inconsistent with God's plan. And we have erected 
high things, proud opinions that contradict what God says. And we have allowed rebellious thoughts to rob us from God's best. At some point, we have to find out what the word says, even in this area of relationships. And we have to agree with it. We have to believe it. We have to say it. We have to stand on it. And we have to cast down imaginations. We have to cast down high things. And we have to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, this is powerful. But we have to self-evaluate. What is our thought management level? Are we managing, controlling our thoughts? In our next lesson, we're going to talk about the third key and possibly the fourth key, serving others and intimacy with God. How do we overcome loneliness? We avoid counterfeit solutions. We talked about that in lesson eight. How do we overcome loneliness? We control our thoughts, thought management. We talked about that in this lesson. And there are two keys left, serving others and intimacy with God. I trust you've been blessed. Thank you so very much for your time. I declare that loneliness is broken over your life in Jesus' name. See you next time.